Hello, this is GG Reader, and I will be reviewing the book The Amber Spyglass by Philip Pullman. The story starts out with the main character, Miss Coulter, and her daughter, 12-year-old Lyra Silvertongue, and Will Perry. The entire story is complicated because there are so many characters. It starts out with Miss Coulter, her full name being Miss Marissa Coulter, but mostly through the book she's referred to as Miss Coulter, Mrs. Coulter. Mrs. Coulter is hiding Lyra away in a cave in a Himalayan valley. A young girl who visits, who lives in the town, nine-year-old Amma, visits with her father and keeps her supplied with food. I'm along with the rest of the citizens of the town believes Mrs. Coulter is a holy woman who's there meditating and hiding her daughter away from people who want to kill her. Every person in the world has something in this world they live in is called something called a daemon. Daemons are like their their spirit animals who are bound to them and can mentally speak to them and also shift change into other animals. Mrs. Coulter's Damien is a gold-haired monkey. Lyra, Lyra is most of the time, Lyra's Damien is most of the time a small mouse. Mrs. Coulter is deceiving Alma and, and the townspeople. She's hiding Lyra, Lyra away under false pretenses. She tells Alma that Lyra is a is under a spell by a witch and can't wake up when the real reason is Mrs. Coulter is keeping her in a poison-induced coma. Later, we'll find out why she's keeping her daughter in a coma. In the meantime, Lyra's friend, Will, is is looking for her, but Will is a magical, has a magical knife that gives him the ability to travel between worlds. While in his search for Lyra, two angels by the name of Baruch and Balthamus appear to him and tell him he must take the knife to a man named Lord Israel. Israel. Well, Will is the only person the knife will work for. Lord Israel is in charge of an army he, comm- he commands for a large kingdom. He's preparing his army for a war. The war is between his kingdom and what they describe as the authority. The writer describes the authority as God. That's right. When I say God, I don't mean a God. The writer describes the authority as a God, the Father, as in Jesus, Jesus' Father, the Holy Father, who Christians worship, as in God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'll go on with the story, but I don't agree with this type of writing. I thought the book was about fantasy, but now he's talking about a living God that millions of Christians worship. So here's the so here's this writer, Philip Pullman's description of the authority. According to Philip Pullman, authority is described on page 31 as God by two characters who are the angels Baruch and Bathamos. They say, the creator, the Lord, Yahweh, the King, the Father, Almighty, and that he was never the creator. He was an angel like ourselves, the first angel true the most powerful, but he was formed of dust as we are, we are and our dust 
is only a name for what happens when matter begins to understand itself. Matter loves matter. It seeks to know more about itself and dust its form. The first angels condensed out of dust and authority and the authority was the first of all and the authority still reigns in the kingdom and Metatron is his region. So Metatron is supposed to be the head the head angel of of the kingdom of heaven next to authority which they describe as God personally to me this is blasphemous and the sacrilege is the most profane words I've ever to expect to read in a fantasy book or a book aimed toward the children's audience the writer goes on on page 33 when Will asks the angels where do we go to when we die and the angels tell him to the world of the dead and Will asks what happens in the world of the dead and an angels say it's impossible to say everything about it is a secret even the churches don't know they tell their believers that they'll live in heaven but that's a lie if people only knew so we have uh, philip pullman putting in his fairy tale story the church that the church is a lie so i also know the in his book everybody when they die go to the world of the dead no heaven or hell and when Lyra and Will release all the ghosts out of the world of the dead, later on in the story, they go on to the world of the dead to visit some to visit some people there. But uh, according to this story, the, Lyra and Will release all the ghosts out, out, of the, out of the dead. And they say, I say ghosts because we never, if he never refers to the dead as souls, but they release all these ghosts out into the world of the living and they all turn into dust, which makes up the shadow world. On page 319, they tell the dead when they ask what will happen to them when they are released. Lyra tells them, when you go out of here, all the particles that make you up will loosen and float apart. That they will be like the, their daemons. All the atoms that were them They've gone into the air and the wind and the trees and the earth and all the living things. You'll drift apart, it's true, but you'll be out in the open, part of everything alive again. So according to Philip Pullman, we don't have souls that pass on to heaven or hell. We turn into ghosts who either end up in the world of dead or we just dissipate into dust and become part of everything. So this is how the angels describe God's will and, and, and death. And I suppose Metatron is the head angel to authority. Metatron is the head angel in the clouded mountain. And the authority along with Metatron, the entire army of angels reside in the kingdom of the clouded mountain, on clouded mountain. The clouded mountain is supposed to be the kingdom of heaven. And they have waged a war on Lord Azrael's army, whose kingdom is ruled by an African king, King Ungangwe, Ogangwe. That's right, the clouded mountain is supposed to be the kingdom of heaven, and this man, Azrael, is going to fight the, the kingdom of heaven along with the army of men, of his army of men, and a band of his own exiled angels. And angels that come to Will to take him to Lord Azrael are, are known to, are supposed to be exiled angels too that's working with uh, Lord Azrael and King Ungunwi.
So these two angels tell Will they must take him to the Lord Ezra to tell him a secret, something that will aid him in his war against the, the kingdom. Will asks them why must he go with them and ask them what is their secret. They tell Will they can't tell him the secret, but they feel Lord Azrael will believe them and believe them that them bringing Will to him with the knife, it will show Azrael they have good intentions. And because they knew Azrael really wanted the knife and didn't want it to fall into the Metatron's hands. So this is why Lord Azrael needs Will, because Will is has possession of this magical knife that could cut a window into different worlds so he can travel with ease. It also allows him to travel long distances and the knife will work only work for Will. So Lord Azrael thinks Will and the knife and his knife will be a big asset to his to his war. But Will tells them he wasn't going to go with them and they couldn't make him. He said he, his first priority is finding Lyra. He said he would go with them to. He would only go with them to Azrael if they first helped him find Lyra. So they agreed that they if they helped him find Lyra. So they agreed to help him. Balthamus, Balthamus would stay with Will and help him on his journey to find Lyra, while Baruch left them to take the message to Lord Azrael that they found Will in the night. So finally, Will finds Lyra and rescues her from Mrs. Coulter, but not before the two of Lord Azrael's spies catch up with them. The spies are Lady Salmachia and Chevalier Talis. They are small fairy-like beings called Galvespians. So these Galvespians who have spurs on their heels that can sting people with a poison that could kill or put a person or make a person comatose. When Lyra asks them, what do you want to do with me? They tell Lyra that they were sent by Lord Azrael, who is the, her father. They said to her on page 176 to take you to your father, Lord Azrael, who has sent a force under King Ogunwe to rescue you and the boy and bring you to his fortress. We are here to help. But Will and Lyra refuse to go with with them because Lyra is, has taught Will into going first into the land of the dead to, to see a friend of hers who she wants to release from the dead, a young boy named Roger. She feels it was her fault Roger died and is trying to help her fight some witches. Will agrees because his father is also dead and he wants to see his father one more time. Then the Galvespians threaten to sting them into submission will tells them they won't make him do anything because lord Azrael wants the knife and he's the only one who can use the knife the knife is useless without him so the two spies agree to travel to the world of the dead with them meanwhile people the people of the church have formed an army against lord Azrael's army they're formed uh, the writer Philip Pullman refers to the church as the magistrium, to be exact, which we all know in the real world as the teaching authority of the Roman Catholic Church, which is exercised by, especially exercised by bishops or the Pope. Mr. Pullman also straight up describes it on page 70 as the Holy Church. So 
We see that in his book of fairy tale that he refers to the Holy Catholic Church as part of the fictional story, and he speaks of the two arms of the magistrium, the consistorial court of discipline and society of the work of the Holy Spirit. And in this book, the church is an alliance with witches and spies. The two branches of the magistrium are at odds with each other, but they decide to come together in alliance and to fight the Lord Israel, Israel's army who are under King Ogunwe's rule and find Lyra. We find out later in the story that Lyra's mother, Mrs. Marissa Coulter, once worked for the church. She tells Will in chapter 11 that she was faithful, a faithful servant to the church she, and she gave her life to and served it with a passion. On page 140, so I don't know when she managed to become a missus and hooked up with Azrael and had a child. But anyway, Mrs. Coulter, because Mrs. Coulter is a spy, she is captured by Azrael's army. Anyway, after being captured by his army, she also tells King Ogunwe and Lord Azrael, Lord's father, in chapter 17, 16, she explains to them why she left the magistrium. I know how they think Quote, she says, I know how they think. I can guess what they'll do. You wonder why you should trust me. What's made me leave them? It's simple. They're going to kill my daughter. They daren't let her live. The moment I found out who she, I found out who she is, what she is, and what the witches prophesy about her, I know I knew I had to leave the church. I knew I was their enemy, and they were mine. I didn't know what to what you were what you were all what you all were or what I was to you that was a mystery but I knew that I had to set myself against the church against everything they believed in and if need be against the authority himself on page 204 so eventually there's a race between the church and Lord Azrael's along with King Angwe Angunwe to, to, to get to Lyra the one thing the church finds out about Lyra is that she is part of some great prophecy, so says Frey Pavel, an inquirer of the consistorial court. He says on page 66, she is, she is to have the power to make a faithful choice on which the future of all the worlds depend. So we have a lot of characters in this book, and the book is too long because it takes too much unnecessary reading to formulate and bring these characters together so we know as we read at some point they all come together because we know who's working for who who's spying on who and who's after who but some characters journeys and adventures are just too long especially namely by a character dr mary malone mary malone is a scientist and we learned in chapter 20 on page 273 that she also has at one point was a nun at one point in time she was a nun and in chapter 17 we find out that she's more of a nutball scientist who meets and studies with these mouthful creatures or mouthful creatures i say creatures because they aren't people they some sort of animals who look like elephants with the ability to speak Mary is able to learn their language and talk to them. All At some point, they ask her what she does for a living. And she explains, Mary tried to explain about her 
work, her, re her research, the laboratory, the discovery of shadow particles, the fantastical re revelation that they are conscious and found the whole tale gripping her again. So she longed to be back among her equipment, unquote. But the Constitutorial Court of Discipline, a.k.a. the church, describes Dr. Mary Malone as the tempter. And they are trying to keep her from keep her from meeting up with Lyra. So Father McPhail sends a priest, Father Louis Gomez, hot on the trails of Mary Malone. He has he's to find her. His assignment is to find her before she meets up with Lyra. But they mean but by by them I by they I mean the magistrium or the Concestral Court of Discipline. In the meantime, Mary Malone is studying these shadow particles still, and she's shocked to find out that the Milfa already know about. They call, they call the shadow particles the SRAF. On page 273, eventually, in chapter 17, Mary Malone, with the help of the Milfa creatures, she's able to make the famous, the infamous amber spyglass. With the discovery of some sort of lacquer she finds on their land, she makes the spyglass, which enables her to see the shadow particles. The Milford call it the, the Shraff, but they can see it with their naked eyes. So the invention of the spyglass is a breakthrough for her. So eventually in the war between so eventually in the war between King Angunwi's kingdom and the clouded mountain, Mrs. Coulter and Lord Azrael, Lyra's parents, fall off a cliff fighting fighting the angel Metatron, and they die. I thought the main plot of the book was for Lyra to get to her father, Lord Azrael, but that never happened. So, before, so the most exciting plot of the book after that was to see what was going to happen when Father Goldman's caught up with Mary Malone, but he gets killed before he can by the angel Balthamus before he can do anything. Philip Pullman, the author, has used this book as a platform for anti-Christian rhetoric. It seems to me, but besides Dr. Malone being a scientist who's an ex-nun, we just know her character is supposed to be a tempter, or in other words, a temptress, but in what context, context I don't know. We do know the church doesn't want her to meet up with Lyra, but she does meet, meet up with her. On page 444, chapter 33, I suppose this is why she is the title of the tempter. She tells Lyra a story of the first of the first time she the, the first boy she liked. She goes on to tell her second seductive story of a near sexual encounter with a man while she was a nun. A story I thought was totally inappropriate to tell a twelve year old, but not nearly as inappropriate as the anti Christian rhetoric we she explains as to why she left the church. Anyway, she told Lyra the first boy she liked and how it excited her when he fed her mar marzipan at a party. And the second story of when she broke her vows with a man when she was a nun. Just inappropriate for a child's fantasy book if you ask me. Because during the telling of the story, chapter 33, page 44, it says that, quote, Lyra felt something strange happen to her body. She felt as if it had been handed, if she had been handed the key to a great house she hadn't known was there, a house that was somehow inside her. And as she turned the key, she felt other doors open deep in the darkness and lights coming on. She sits trembling as Mary went on. 
unquote. So I guess this is why Mary Malone is referred to as the tempter in the book. The story is, I'm guessing, some some tempted something inside Lyra. Later in chapter 35, page 466, like like Mary's first seductive encounter with a boy feeding her marzipan when she when she was a girl, later when they're alone, Lyra feeds a piece of fruit to Will and says, I love I love you. Will I love you? Then it goes on to describe how they passionately kiss. So we can guess what happens after because later Will and Lyra are walking across the field back to Dr. Malone's hut holding hands. When Mary Malone looks at them, it says on page 470, the children are no longer children. We're the, we're the cause of it all. The cause of all, the cause of all, meaning Dr. Mary Malone notices a change in the dust that she's been studying with the Milford creatures. It says there's this huge downpour of the dust and the dust that saves all the will trees of the Milford, where the Milford live. So I guess Lyra was the key to the survival of the Milford creatures, our will trees. Later, uh, late at night at um, Mary Malone's hut, while everyone's asleep, the witch Serafina comes to Mary, wakes her up and tells her Lyra's parents, Lord Azrael and Mrs. Coulter, are dead. They died fighting the angel Metatron, and that all the journeys Lyra went through with Will has officially made her a witch, and now she's Lyra's sister witch forever and now on. So eventually Will and Lyra find out they can't live together anymore because they're both from different worlds. Will is from Earth, California, the same place Dr. Mary Malone is from, and Lyra and Serafina live in the same world. They must all go back to their own worlds because they found out people who live in Lyra and Serafina's world too long get sick and die. It was how, that's how Will's father died. He lived too long in the world like Lyra's and Serafina's world. After 10 years, he died. So sadly, they they all part. Will goes back to Dr. Malone, goes, goes back with Dr. Malone. She says she'll help him find his mother and arrange for him to live with her. A very somber, sad, and senseless ending, if you ask me. I give this book a one out of five stars. Like I said in the beginning, I find Philip Pullman's writing to be anti-Christian and blasphemous. I most definitely would not recommend a book to this to anyone. It has too many connotations of, of there being no God in this book to each his own, but I don't understand. He could have, it's a, it's a fantasy book. When Will asked her about leaving the church, asked Dr. Malone about leaving the church on page 447, and again on page 449, Mary Malone, the ex-nun, says there, there is no God and there was no God. I wouldn't let a preteen child read this book. I wouldn't recommend it for any adult Christian for that matter, but I hope you enjoyed this this review and thank you for listening.